You are listening to Discover, a podcast from the DIS Team Ministry. Hello and welcome to today's podcast in our Lenten series, Inspirations for Prayer Through. This week we'll be talking about place and space and how they can help or indeed hinder our prayer life. Today I'm joined by Jan Fern, our team administrator, and Jan Marchant, one of our authorised worship assistants from the Windfarthing Benefice. I know that many of you perhaps listening from the dis end of things don't know Jane very well as yet, so Jane, a few words uh, of introduction uh, to let the people in dis know who you are now that you're part of our ministry team. Well, I've been uh, living in Windfarthing for about 30 years now, most of the time busy teaching, but recently retired. Um, spending a lot more time um, with the home team in the, in the church, helping with services. I used to help with the young people's church when my children were young, but uh, I'm now very much enjoying being part of the DIS team ministry, hoping to see more people and getting out and about a bit more. That's great. Many thanks. And I, of course, am John, the team vicar. It's that man again. So here we all are gathered. I was preaching on Sunday about the inspiration to prayer through place and space, and I was giving a few examples of uh, where or how people might find prayer more conducive, more more interesting, perhaps. So, for the moment, I'm going to throw it open to to you two, Jan and, and Jane, because I had uh, a good quarter of an hour say so on Sunday. Was anything in in the sermon bring any thoughts to mind, or did you think this isn't helpful at all? Go for it. Well, I'm glad you started with the cathedral. It was a very um... The way you described it, I, I was just there, the way that the, the people are being very quiet, moving around very quietly, and then suddenly somebody wants you to stop and say the Lord's Prayer, and people don't know where to look. That just rang true with me. My mother was a guide at the cathedral, and I often used to go up there when she was on duty, and I know just what you meant. But it's funny how everybody is just really quiet when they're in there. It's uh, Maybe it's the echo, I don't know, but... But it is awe-inspiring. It is a fantastic place to be, a wonderful space. But it isn't always quiet in there. Were you not there when the Helter Skelter was there last year? I wasn't, no. I oh, everybody said you goodness. must go and I didn't make it. Oh, it was it was fantastic. I yeah. mean, the, the chatter, the noise, the children enjoying it, people enjoying it. It was it really was quite special, very different. Jan, did you get up there when the uh, Helter Skelter was there? No, I didn't, but your talk about the cathedrals made me think of other holy places. Mm -hmm. You know, the ancient ruins and the wells and Mm -hmm. waterfalls and mountains and stuff like that. You know, over the years, people have had different holy places to go to. You referred to that in Genesis, Jacob and, and that holy place and where he built that little stone altar and stuff so it did make me think that holy places have been important to people over the years well you know way back mm-hmm. different places and I think there still is that sense I went to Revo is it in Yorkshire and mm-hmm. um, we were really touched how how special a place it felt even after all those years and there were crowds of people wandering around you know it's a pretty busy national trust place but we we had spent a really lovely day there, just bathing in the atmosphere, and that wasn't enclosed; that was out outside because you know, the roof's gone. Yeah, lovely places up there, fountains, Revo, and, and the other ones. 
um, in beautiful spaces, and, and Glastonbury as well, and Sinbad, where we used to live down in the West Country a few years back. Yeah, you know, the tour at Glastonbury is on top of a hill. Yeah. You know, and you look out, and it's just wide open spaces. Some places just seem to have a sort of weird something, a sort of feel about them, that whether it's the history or what, but you think people have been coming here for special reasons. I think I haven't been to Stonehenge for yonks, but I, I guess that's another of those places where you just get a sort of slight chill down the back, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like it used to be. I can remember a long time ago, you used to be able to just picnic amongst the stones. Yes. But yeah. nowadays you, you can't get near them at all, really. You're not allowed to touch them, are you? Yeah. So, no. <laughs> it is a fabulous place, though. It really is. And up on Orkney as well. If you've been to Orkney, there's a lot of circles, stones, the Ring of Water, I think it is, up there. Holy Islands, like Lindisfarne or Iona, isn't it? Iona. Oh, gosh, yes. I went to Iona a couple of years ago, yeah. I haven't been to them, but the sort of places I'd love to go. I've been to Lindisfarne. Yeah, we, we went there, oh, two or three years ago up to Lindisfarne, Holy Island. I, I think because it's cut off, you know, you have to go across yeah. by that causeway. And, yes. and if you mistake yeah. it, about five minutes, your car gets bogged down, which our tour guide gleefully told us about as we were halfway across. <laughs> but again, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those places that just seems to have something extra to it. It's not another tour place. There's a... Even there, you notice people were walking round, not exactly hushed, but not not in the normal sort of rushing from place to place way. I don't know. Yes, it's true. And then you get the places that are meant to be very sacred and special, like Assisi. Have you been to Assisi? No. I mean, that is just you know, everywhere you go there, you just get this wonderful feeling of how special it is. I heard from somebody once who'd been to the Holy Land uh, and they'd been to the sites in Jerusalem and so forth. And they said, I wanted them to feel special, but there were so many people bustling around and there was so much business that I couldn't really feel anything. It was it, it was almost you know too much going on at the same time. That's really interesting, isn't it? Have either of you sort of felt in a particular space that something is speaking to you or... Um, uh, or, or you've had a sort of feeling that here's somewhere where I, I feel close to, the, you know, some people say they suddenly feel close to the, to the whole world in, 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 in some ways. Unexpected places sometimes, yeah. Yeah. not necessarily uh, church, although I have felt it in church, spookily enough. Unexpected places, I remember being on holiday and I think I'd gone to see the, the Kells book, I had a bit of a headache, I'm not good in the sun, I had a bit of a headache and I'd sat in the garden and I had a real, real sense of God being there. Um, mm. It was, you know, I've remembered it after all these years, just sitting and being still, but that, that led me to think, Jane, when you, before you came, um, at the beginning of lockdown, we had some training in Enneagrams, I don't know if you've heard about Enneagrams, no, no. It's a bit like the Myers-Briggs, and we were all put into different categories. Turned out I'm a number one. So um, Sounds good. So, yeah. You better explain what that is, Jan, what, what a number one <laughs> I, means. I, I don't really, yeah, number one, we're kind of organisers, perfectionists, you know, a bit sort of. Anyway, I had a book that somebody given me called Using the Enneagram in Prayer. 
and it divides them up into the different categories. So I'm in the gut category. But to get into prayer, I was quite relieved to find that all I had to do to enter into my prayer life was just be. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to use any special words. I just needed to sit quiet. And they referred to Teresa of Avila, is it? Mm -hmm. And just being yourself quiet, not having to do anything, just being quiet. And she calls it the prayer of loving attention. And it involves just centering into yourself and being who you are in God's presence. No thinking, no feeling, no moving, just being. And it is a very calming, healing time. And you just let God be God. This really appealed to me because we've been talking about all these different ways into prayer. And that's the one that works for me best. <laughs> He's not looking at pictures, um, not listening to music. It's actually just simply being quiet and being me. And it made me think, John, at the end of your, your talk, you mm -hmm. talked about God, you know, meeting us. Like, you know, Jacob had a bit of a surprise when he was met at that place. Yeah. And I thought, as soon as you give God half a chance to talk to you get a word in edgeways yeah. he will talk to you yeah. he's just waiting for you doesn't matter where you are yeah. or what you're doing he's already there waiting so that, mm. that really was quite good and it's funny because i've scribbled in my little uh, journal here and at the bottom of the page it says draw near to god and he will draw near to you that's from james 4 Verse eight, mm -hmm. sound very uh, erudite there, don't I? But it's on the bottom of my journal and I just oh, thought, wow. <laughs> wow, that's very apt. <laughs> it's on the page I'm writing on. There you are, see, he gets you in various ways. And that's sometimes the thing that's hardest to do is to be quiet, isn't it? I mean, we, we live in such a hustle and bustle and it's always, there's always something, whether it's the radio, whether it's a phone, whether it's a... I don't know, something going off, a car going past or a plane going over. It's just there's always something that distracts you, isn't there? So it is really, really hard to be quiet and to be still. I was reading a very interesting book recently by a chap who used to be a Benedictine monk. And he, he said when he was thinking about joining it and he was trying to do prayer properly and set aside, you know, his 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. And he got it up from 10 minutes to 15, then to 20, then to 25. And he was very, feeling very, very proud about himself. But he was, he was a young man, I think, so an elder teenager. And he got various younger, younger siblings who used to play and make a noise and then bang on the door because he was looking after them. And they needed things, you know, like, we want another biscuit. And he used to get very cross with them. You know, you're disturbing my prayer life. And he went off to his um, uh, parish priest to complain about this. And the priest said, no, don't be silly. You know, if, if you're interrupted and there's a noise, make the noise the source of your prayers. You know, take to God the fact that you're really hacked off with them. Or if you hear something on the news, you might just make that the centre of what, what you're thinking about. So don't feel you've got to be, you know, totally still and silent and, 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 and locked away from everybody else. Sometimes 
the sort of awkward things that are going on can be just the sort of um, jump start you need. Yeah, that, that's really helpful, actually, because I, I find my mind just goes all over the place. <sighs> I find it really difficult to focus. You know, I suddenly think, oh, did I leave such and such on? Oh, I must <laughs> remember that on the shopping list. And oh, I must remember to do so and so. And it's hopeless. I, I find it really hard. Really hard. I, I have very little patience. I, I sort of sit down, you know, thinking I, I'm going to concentrate on this. And then, a, a, as you say, you think, oh, yes, I better go and put the dinner on. Or, oh, I, I really have to send that person that email. I've forgotten all about it. Yes. There was a lovely story about Michael Ramsey. I mentioned Michael in the, uh, in the sermon. And he was asked by a journalist once, how long do you pray? And he said something like, oh, uh, two hours a day. And the journalist said, my God, that, that, that's a long time. You know, what, what do you say? And he said, I don't say anything. The first one hour and 55 minutes, he's just getting rid of all the rubbish that's going around in my mind. What I've got to do, the things I've got to remember. And then the last five minutes, with any luck, I get to listen to what God is trying to say to me. And it takes that long, you know. And, and I think that's a, if you think, think about you know, mindfulness in other religions as well, in, in Hinduism or Buddhism, again, all this thing about meditation, you know, it's about actually quieting yourself down and letting all these things go through and just get rid of them one by one until finally. Like a sieve. I must try it. I think your idea of having a candle is quite helpful as well, because if you've got something to sort of focus on, even if you're thinking about the candle, at least you're not wandering. Jan, would you use a candle or something or just just no no just shut my eyes really mm-hmm. is if i do that i fall asleep these days <laughs> yeah, yes it's a lot of my praying is in bed mm-hmm. yes yeah middle of the night i mean when i was when i was a young mum you'd never get a moment to yourself and i can't remember how it came about but i discovered the best place to pray was in actually in the bathroom I shut the door because, you know, I didn't want the kids following me into the bathroom. And that's where I used mm-hmm. to do all my praying. And it kind of just, I remember worried, just worried a little bit that God was watching me at my ablutions. <laughs> thinking, I hope he doesn't mind because this is the only time I've got to myself. Absolutely. That's brilliant. I do find I do a lot of praying in the night. If I wake up in the night, I'm often very alert and and I do a lot of, because it is quiet then, mm. you know, there isn't the distraction. But I sometimes think I haven't quite got to the end before I go to sleep again. So uh, difficult to know. Absolutely. <laughs> Jan, you were talking about when you were, I can't remember, it was up, up north somewhere, wasn't it? Yes. You felt there was a sort of special feeling about it, yeah. But... Oh, Reva. Mm. Yes. I, I think, you know, we, we try to create that feeling in some ways, but is something that's either there or it isn't. And as I said in the sermon, I've been to places where one day it was just marvellous and you really felt this, and another day you've gone and it was just flat as a pancake. But I don't know, I don't know when it happens. You can't make these moments happen, can you? No. They just happen. No. I remember being taken by surprise once in church because it, it happened in a service. It can do, you know. It and I really wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... But sometimes you're concentrating so much on the actual liturgy and what's being said that there isn't the time to sort of, there isn't enough quiet, is there, perhaps? And, I don't and know. Sometimes, sometimes being in the choir, you're, you're always thinking, 
Mm. the next bit of music mm -hmm. you know the next yes. thing yeah. so you're always busy and it's hard sometimes to just be part of the service you're always yeah in a funny way the lockdown has made that um when we were allowed in church just sitting in the pew mm. was quite a different experience mm. there's always been this argument about you know at the beginning of the service whether uh, we, we should be chatting away to each other and, you know, I don't know, nice to see you, how are you, and, and how are the grandchildren, and this sort of stuff. Uh, and other people say, no, 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 we should we should come in and we should nod to each other and be polite, you know, not ignore each other, but, but sit and sort of let a sort of holy silence pervade the place until it begins. I guess some people would love that, and others, the sort of talkative and the fidgety, might just find that unbearable. Two, two minutes of whole silence. How do we cope with that? You know, we're, we're, we're dying to say something, just to hear the sound of our own voice again. Oh, no, I, th I think the time for chat is at the end. I think, I think at the beginning, you, you should try and clear your mind and prepare yourself and at least try. At least try. Yeah, and allow other people to as well. Yes, I don't think you should, you should interfere. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's horrible not being able to talk to anybody all the time. And, and towards the end of the last bit, we weren't even allowed to sort of talk outside of church. So we, you know, we left and we had to go straight away. Mm -hmm. We weren't even allowed to talk right. to each other. And that was quite hard. Yeah, that, that was hard, actually, because often that's where you, you get to find out how people are and mm -hmm. what their needs yeah. are and how they're feeling. And mm -hmm. yeah, no, there's no mingling has been a bit of a, yeah. bit of a pain, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think I'm better with the quiet than I used to be. I remember going on a half quiet day and uh, we were, we'd had a talk about, we weren't allowed to talk. What, for half the day or half the time you were there? Or? It was a half quiet day, Jane, and I was, I to be honest, in the break, we had a break mid-morning and I had to go into the car and turn the radio on. I couldn't stand it any oh, longer. It. <laughs> But I am better. I am better now. Have you come across people? I, I, I think so many people say, oh, I've tried to pray, but I gave up. You know, I, 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 I couldn't find a way to do it that was helpful. And I tried this book and I tried that method and I heard somebody preach about this or that. And I've tried them all and I, and I just can't do it. Or isn't that the sort of thing that people say? I think it's interesting that people will pray when they're really really upset or hard-pressed, weren't they? Their, their instinctive thing is just to say, you know, if you're there, God, help. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's enough, enough of a prayer for anybody. Interestingly enough, I've had lots of people say to me, if they're, if they're having problems in their families, you know, would you pray for so-and-so, you know? Yeah. And I think, well, you, you could do this yourself. I'm quite happy to do it. But I'm mm -hmm. sure people do when, it, when push comes to shove. They do do prayer. I mean, you've only got to, to say a word, haven't you? And it's a prayer in a way, isn't it? Yeah. It's, a, as you say, a please or a help or a... It doesn't have to be... The, the wording, I think perhaps people sometimes get caught up with how they should say it, what wording they should use, whereas, in fact, it's a conversation, isn't it? It doesn't have any rules, I guess. It's, as you were saying, John, it's how you feel, it's what suits you, yeah. what works best for you. Anything goes, I think you said. 
on yep, Sunday. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I guess you know, prayer for me anyway is much more about a, a sort of conversation. It might be a silent conversation, that sort of companionable mm. silence sometimes. Yes. Um, but yeah. it's a sort of conversation you have with your best friend or your partner or whatever. And it's a sort of two-way thing, even without words. And so it's just where you can be honest about you know, what's happening and, and you don't have to sort of pretend or, or whatever. And I think for, for so many people outside the church, you know, they feel we have to be a special sort of person to pray. We have to be um, very, very good or very saintly or whatever. God isn't going to listen to us because we've, we've sinned in all sorts of ways. We had two pints of lager last night or whatever it might have been. And it's so sad that people think that prayer isn't isn't something they can do, or if they do, God won't listen to it because of something they think they've done. Um, I don't know. I feel I, I need that support. It's not that I can manage without. Uh, it's almost the other way around, isn't it? Perhaps they, yeah. they feel they don't need to, to do it. Mm. I certainly feel I need the help. Mm. I, can't, I can't do it on my own. <laughs> please, you know, I'm sorry I did this, and what can I do here, and where is so-and-so, and it's constant, it seems to me. I remember, and I hope she's never going to listen to this, my mother-in-law, Janice's mum, used to be a very good churchgoer, and she tried to teach our two boys how to pray when they went to visit, and they objected violently to this, being good children of the vicarage, you know. You were saying, Jan, when you had the kids and he sort of locked yourself in the bathroom, did you try to teach your children how to pray or how to do it? Or did you think that's one life lesson too far? I used to take them to Sunday school and I used to we used to do little prayers. If they were worried about things, I suppose, I, I honestly can't say I did it every day. Hmm. Perhaps I wasn't very good at that, teaching my kids. And hmm. I had a strange idea, and I, God always has the last laugh, I used to think that all the little religious books you could buy for children were awful, absolutely mm -hmm. awful. So I never brought them very many books at all. And I love books and I love reading to the children. I read them Narnia, thought I'd get that in. But I didn't, a lot of the books were awful. And, I, and then I went later on, when they were older, I went to work in a Christian bookshop and discovered all these wonderful books. Yeah. I thought, I wish I'd seen these earlier. You know, lots of little books of prayers and Bible stories and all sorts of things that I kind of felt I'd blown that, really. See, I think my children, when, when we went to Sunday school, we used to encourage the children. We used to just go round the circle at prayer time. Mm. And we used to say, you know, th th think at the beginning of the session, when we come to prayer, if there's anything you want to to include, so you wouldn't put them on the spot. Mm. But they they were always very forthcoming. The I mean, we never had many children, but uh, maybe that was it. Maybe it was a nice intimate group, and they felt confident and secure. Yeah. But they were always happy to share little things mm. that were on there. I mean, whether it was just a sick rabbit or something like that, you know, they just were, mm. were able to share what was on their mind. Yeah. Which I think at that age is part of it, really, isn't it? Mm. Being able to acknowledge things. and I guess the, the more adult we become, the, the, the less we're willing to share these things with other people. You know, we, we mustn't admit we're you know, not, not quite what people think or that we're yeah. failure in this area. And We're very bad, I think, when it comes to some of these away days and stuff. You're supposed to share with, your, with the person sitting next to you. 
and that just makes a sort of horrible shiver go up and down my spine. I think, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's difficult. We did one of these once. Um, it must have been an inter-school teacher thing. And somebody, I was having, as you say, John, we're having to share something that we'd done. And this person said something to me and I thought, oh my God, wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I realised afterwards they completely made it up just to make it sound good. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I hadn't even thought of doing that. I was, I was desperately trying to think of something interesting to say. And they, they just, came, you know, and I thought, I was mm -hmm. hopeless. We are not suggesting you tell God that you're the most pious person in the entire world. <laughs> Well, he knows, doesn't he? He knows That's one true. way or the yeah, other. Absolutely. No hiding place. No hiding place. It's interesting you both said that, as I was trying to say, and it's, it's all the talks I guess I've been trying to say, that, that prayer is, is different for everybody. Some people get it through being silent, and others really only when they're in a huge crowd in a big church or a, or a gathering of, of some sort or another. Can you teach prayer, or is it something you just sort of catch as it were oh gosh yes it's a it's a feeling isn't it it's a acceptance almost of, yeah. of just giving yourself giving up and and allowing it to happen rather than pushing as you say listening listening yeah i, I really must try and be better at that me too if you're trying to encourage someone imagine somebody comes to you and says Oh, Jan or Jane, I, I know you're, you know, deeply involved with the church. I, I've been trying to pray, but I just don't know how to do it. Apart from saying, I don't know, go and see one of the clergy, they'll tell you. What might you say? Is there some way we can, we can help? Or is it so personal, you've just got to let everybody discover it themselves? I, I don't know. I think in that case, I'd almost have it like a conversation. I would show how straightforward and simple it, it needs to be and I'd just use ordinary language just have a conversation with them would almost include God as well so it's like mm -hmm. a bit like we are at the moment just having a three-way conversation mm -hmm. and if the person who was uncertain could see that you don't have to there aren't any rules you don't have to use special language it's just almost a feeling I, th I think that would, that, I think that might be how I'd approach it, unless they had a specific worry or mm. something that obviously needed addressing. I was just thinking when the disciples asked, he gave them the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. So I think I might say to people, you know, try the Lord's Prayer. And after that, as you say, just, just talk to God like you talk to your best friend and listen and see what comes back, if anything. Sometimes nothing comes back. No, no, fine. But as I said, sometimes a companionable silence is, sometimes it can be awkward and you think, well, I've, I've, I've taken him that problem and he doesn't seem to have answered and hasn't got back. You know, it's sort of somewhere down about number 3005 is his in tray, but... Ah, oh, but you'll suddenly get the answer Mm, yeah. On a, at a time when you're not expecting it, in a situation yeah. where you 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 weren't even thinking of it, and it'll suddenly suddenly yes, come. And, and I always think, and I'm always very bad at saying thank you, God, mm -hmm. for answering that. I'm always mm -hmm. just so pleased. I forget to say 
thank you yeah that's a good that's a good point jan that is a good point yeah i've had so many times when i've been preparing a sermon or a talk or whatever and and there's a quote or something i want and i can't for the life of me remember where i've read it or anything like that and it's really sort of frustrating i get so cross and then sometime later in that week i sort of looking at a book uh, for, for another reason and i come across the thing and i think you know, is that coincidence or you know i say so so just in case it isn't i usually say oh thanks that was very helpful <laughs> we've talked a fair bit about prayer and more about i guess the way it's a feeling rather than a doing as jan said at the very beginning it's more about being so we hope that's been helpful to people listening and they've discovered that if they don't feel they're doing prayer right there ain't no right way there's just your way and as long as it helps you come closer to god and vice versa that's that, that's all we can ask well, many thanks jan and jane for your contributions this week it's been lovely to be with you once again and this coming sunday maggie will be talking about the inspiration for prayer through books even though in ecclesiastes it says at the end uh, of the writing of books there is no end and they're all fairly pointless anyway or words to that effect so maggie there's a challenge for you and the podcast next week will also be of course picking up that theme thanks for listening we hope you've got something out of today's podcast once again thanks to jan and jane from all of us here god bless and join us next time for our next podcast Thank you.